Psalm 37 this morning, I want to uh, encourage you today, Psalm 37, every time I need to be encouraged, I go to the Psalms, I hope you do too, I go to all parts of the Bible, um, some of the Bible is not for a particular time, uh, in other words, you can, how many understand you can misuse the Bible scriptures? You can, you can really hurt people if you, if you don't quote it at the right time. And use the right words, right? Right? In Bible college, we used to quote, uh, I think it's Ecclesiastes. Uh, he said, we used to go up to our to tease girls and quote scripture to them. And said, uh, oh, it was, in, it was in Job. And I said, I, I know why you don't have a boyfriend. It says right here in the Bible, my breath is corrupt. <laughs> uh, and then... We'd say, well, one of the ones, I, I went to one girl, I said, I said, I said right here in the Bible, and I find more bitter than death the woman whose hands are snares and nets, and oh, listen, uh, we could mess up Scripture. Don't use it wrongly, amen? All right? Uh, like Brother Carlson said, uh, Judas said, go out, uh, Judas went out and hung himself, and then the next verse that he quoted was, go thou and do likewise, but... <laughs> There's all kinds of, you, hey, let's use the Bible properly, amen? So when you, have a, when you have a downhearted time, there is scripture to pick you up. And when you're lonely or when you're hurting or any, any walk of life you're in, no matter what, we have a Bible that meets all the needs of us. And no matter where you are in life, no matter what station of life you're in, God, you, you, uh, you, know, you got to be careful uh, God does have a sense of humor, but you can hurt people with the Bible. You really can, you, and we ought not. We ought not use the scriptures uh, and rest them. Anybody know what the word wrestle starts with? The word rest, right? And the Bible talks about resting the scriptures, meaning they twist the scripture to say something by wrestling it into something it doesn't say. And so we've got a lot of people wrestling the Bible around. And I think, let's just, let's let it say what it says. Amen? So to this morning, what we have is Psalm 37. I want to give you a, um, a, just a few verses, uh, verses 1 through 11 this morning. So let's pray and let's ask God to just bless us this morning with these thoughts because we don't read the Bible enough. We certainly don't know enough of the Bible. We don't memorize enough of the Bible. And so because we don't study, because we don't remember... Because we don't uh, memorize it, it needs to be preached over and over and over and over and over again so we can learn and, and become accustomed to what it says. Let's pray. Father, help us this morning and help us, Lord, immediately, if you can, to give us the kind of encouragement that we all need in the days in which we live. We pray for our country. We pray for our nation. And we pray for souls we pray for the blessings of God upon our families. We pray for good health. And we pray, Lord, that you'll bless us and give us the power uh, to serve you by grace through faith. Help us to be the kind of Christian people that we need to be. And we pray that we bless our relationships with the Word of God. We pray that you'll bless our families, our marriages, and all the folks in our church, Lord, that are out working in this, uh, in this society that we live. We pray that you'll... Help these words this morning to encourage us and strengthen us and, and bolster us. And, and Lord, be our pavilion this morning. In Jesus' name, 
we pray. Amen. All right. Well, isn't the word of God wonderful? These 11 verses here I want to read to you. Then we're going to go back and take a look at them. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Isn't that wonderful this morning? There's so much wrapped up in this nugget, this treasure chest of verses this morning. I thought that we should take a few of them and uh, take a look at it. First thing uh, in this title this morning, I would say that this message should be called The Wicked Shall Not Be. The Wicked Shall Not Be. God's going to get rid of all wickedness and one day, it's going to be cleaned out and our society is going to be rid, uh, will be rid of all that is evil and wicked in the world. It will come. We just have to wait for it. In David's day, he was an elderly man when he wrote Psalm 37. So don't remember, the, the Psalms don't go in chronological order uh, because there's so many of them, 150 of them, that doesn't mean that David was older when he wrote the 150th Psalm. It means that they were all mixed together. This Psalm was toward the end of his life. Notice here it says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. David was elderly. You say, well, how do you know he was elderly? Well, the Bible says in verse 25, if you'll look ahead just a minute, it says, I have been young. And now am old. So when he wrote this psalm, he was old. I don't know how old old is, but he was old. And so he had all those years to look back upon all those years and give us the wisdom that we need for your life and mine today. And he wrote Psalm 37 at the end of his days. He looked back and he said, uh, notice how many commands there are. Trust in the Lord. Delight thyself also. In the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Rest in the Lord in verse 7. And in verse 8, cease from anger. And many times in these just 11 verses, he tells us not to fret. He tells us not to worry. You know, fear is actually a tormenting thing, isn't it? The Bible tells us that in 1 John. Uh, fear is a terrible, tormenting thing. You never know how much fear to have. You never know how, how far to take it. Uh, my goodness, the, the world is full of fear, all kinds of fear. Jesus says, fear not. But he says, fret. Look at verse number one, fret. 
Fret, when you fret about something, you won't let it go. You sit and you fret. You, uh, you, you, you uh, are consumed with whatever is bothering you and you fret about it. It's akin uh, to worrying about things. It's akin to not, not being able to uh, take care of a situation. You can't make a phone call. You can't take care of it. You know it's going on, but you sit and fret about it. Boy, that'll hurt you. And we've got a lot of things in society that I've been guilty of fretting over. And I, I, I confess my sin before God that there, there's, I'm prone to fret a little bit. God says, fret not. Don't fret about it. Don't worry about it. Especially because of all these evildoers. Now, we do have a lot of evildoers in America. This is not necessarily a Christian nation as it once was. We have got a lot of things going on. My goodness, even our leaders, uh, I, I tend to fret about them. I tend to uh, worry. I tend to get upset. I feel like I've got to do something. Well, I can't do anything right now. Tuesday I can, though, amen. Tuesday I'm going to do all I can. And by the way, it wouldn't, help, wouldn't hurt you to pray until Tuesday either, right? And then after you throw your ballot in the box, that should be accurately counted, uh, uh, then, then you pray, okay? Because God, God can make a way no matter what. But we shouldn't fret. We Christians, we will witness the destruction of the evil people. We are going to witness, look at it says in verse number two, they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Now, I have a little experience with this. Last week, I took my uh, still uh, weed whacker you know, and that's, that's a good brand, boy. Oh, I got this nasty, nasty killer blade on this thing. It came out like this uh, underneath the, uh, the head of the, mo the uh, weed whacker. It comes out like this, and then it dips down, and these, these little feet come out and go down. I sharpened that thing with a file. I took my grinder, and I sharpened the grinder, and I got it razor sharp so it could cut your fingers. And man, then I sharpened the other sides of it and the bottom, every, every area of that thing was razor sharp. I, I was listening to the talk radio show while I, you know, I was getting old fashioned. I took my file out. Oh my goodness, it was sharp. Then we went out to the Montezas, I think Friday. And I can't remember when we went out there, Friday. And so uh, blackberries had gone up over the roof again Thick as you could believe. Uh, some of them were over an inch thick. And I'll tell you, I, I started that thing up and I said, man, I'm on the destroy. I'm, I'm, I had murder on my mind. And uh, I took off and uh, my goodness, I, I mean, rocks were flying, glass was flying. My face was cut, my arm was cut and I, I was having a great time. I mean, I was running into everything. I took that thing and I just, uh, I can't, you know, you, as a pastor, you said you can't, you, you're not supposed to be a striker. You can't go around slapping people and punching people, right? But you can kill blackberries. And it's so satisfying. I mean, it was terrible. It was destruction. And I mean, then after, after I got it all down, it took like several hours. I mean, this stuff was bad, dude, bad stuff. I noticed that it was all laying flat. And there was no more problem. 
the big old wheat, some grass was two feet high. And that thing would just take it down like butter. I kind of like that. It, it's like a workout, you know, four or five hours of working out. Anyway, got it down. And I thought, hey, that, that is exactly what this says. They shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Who? Evil people. Can I give you some good news today? All the evil people in our country are going to be cut down. If they don't get right and get right with God, if they don't get saved, if they don't have a change of heart and repent, they are going to be nothing more than dead blackberries. I mean, dead grass. I'm sorry. God said it. I didn't say it. I'm not, I'm not wanting to change God's word. I'm just saying, praise God, I got saved. Are you with me? It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. My goodness, there's a lot of evil in the world. It's too easy for us to get discouraged, isn't it? Somebody looks at you sideways, you could get discouraged. I think Christians ought to have thick skin. I think they said, well, I've been told to go down to the place where the boogeyman lives. Many times have I been told to go there. I, and, and that's not how they said it. They said it really rough. I knocked on a guy's door and he said, why don't you just go you know where? And I said, sorry, <laughs> I can't. He looked at me like, what are you? He thought he'd shock me by telling me to go down there. I said, I'm sorry, I can't. It's impossible for me to go there. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I can't go there. Ain't no way I can go there. You know, in, instead of getting all angry about what people, we should have, we should have thick skin. We should out, outlast the evil people. We should have a better attitude than they do. We shouldn't be caught up. Bible says, render not, render. Amen? Brother Carl, that's a great word. Render not evil for evil. I don't have to get mad. I don't have to get angry at people. I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry. I don't have to have uh, fingernails for breakfast. I, I don't have to sit and worry and worry and worry. Did you know you can get, you, you, you can get a skin irritation from worrying? I don't know what it's called. It's just... Skin irritation, I guess. Rash or something or hives or, or whatever. It's not healthy to worry. Amen? Did you just say warts? No. <laughs> Could we please get serious this morning? <laughs> I don't think you're worried about anything today. But look at uh, look look what the Bible says. Fret not. Don't worry. And now I'm prone to it because there's a lot of evil doers. Iniquity, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know what? There are people in America, and I don't have to go into detail, but they want to outlaw singing, they want to outlaw church, they want to outlaw choirs. They want to outlaw weddings. They want to outlaw funerals. They want to outlaw barbecues. They want to outlaw gatherings. My goodness, my whole family's against the law. <laughs> you can't have that many kids. <laughs> Which one do I throw back? I'm sorry. I'm living my life. And you leave me alone. I'm having fun serving Jesus. That uh, we, uh, there are people that would like to shut down pulpits 
And I heard, uh, I think my wife told me some, some Antifa weirdos are sitting there burning Bibles on, on, they're burning Bibles. What's that got to do with anything? That, that, that's got nothing to do with any kind of pandemic. It's got nothing to do. You know what? If you look down deep, you'll find that the, the evildoers in this world would love to shut down any semblance of God in society. They don't want you talking about the Lord. At all. And listen, I say, let's go ahead and smile and talk about him anyway. How you doing today? I'm doing great because I'm saved. Well, that's not what I meant. I don't really want to know how you're doing. Yeah, but I'm doing great. You know, when I get coffee, some like, how are you today? I said, man, if I was doing any better, I couldn't stand it. And they laugh. And then I, I say, because I'm saved, because I have Jesus in my heart. And then they quickly turn around and go do something else. I don't know why. Maybe there's reason for that. Maybe there's a reason that we, that we, we should be stronger in our Christian life. Evildoers, workers of iniquity, look what it says. It says in verse number 1 and 2, Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. As if there's, listen, there's a lot of workers of iniquity out there. They shall soon be cut down. Like the grass, it withers a green herb. So we have a command from God. Don't be envious of that. Turn with me to first or Second Corinthians for just a minute. Second Corinthians. I'll give you just a, a sweet, pleasant reminder. I'm not preaching at anybody today. I'm preaching for you. Uh, I'm preaching for myself, to myself. I'm preaching to you, not at you. There's a big difference between some preacher preaching at you. I don't want to preach at people. I want to preach to you and for you and for myself and to my... This word of God is so wonderful. Look what it says here. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter, three, verse five, uh, chapter 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, Casting down what? Imaginations. There's a lot of evil imaginations. When the flood came, God said, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that the imaginations of his heart was only evil continually. These evil imaginations build lives. They cause people to act. They're imagining a lot of evil things in this world. That's what we fight. We cast down imaginations and every high thing, high things that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. So anything that's too good for the Bible is wicked. Anything, anything that's too good for God is not good at all. Anything that uh, tells God, well, God's nice. He's okay. He's kind of, he's kind of nice. It's good for you Christians if you need God. But we have something much higher. The intelligentsia, oh, the, the stilted crowd of the intelligentsia. We, we have a different idea. I had, I had a guy tell me that uh, his, his brain was more superior to mine because he believed in evolution. I, I think probably it was because I was a janitor. And he was a, a mathematician working for General Dynamics in San Diego. And I was a janitor at the, at the office building where he worked. And I, I was witnessing to him, and he got all upset with me. 
I think because I was a janitor. He didn't have any, any, I didn't have any business talking to him. He pointed his finger to his head while I was emptying the trash, talking to him about the Lord. And I said uh, to him that evolution is, is absolutely a myth and it's not true because we have the truth in the Bible. He says, oh, you don't understand. Our brains are more superior than yours. I'm glad he's got his, I got mine, amen. <laughs> I'll take mine, thank you. I have been brainwashed with the cleansing power of the word of God. Thank you very much for the soap of the word of God. I have had my brain washed. I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. My heart is cleansed by the power of God. And I'm glad I have not remained corrupt and evil. And I'm glad my brain power is so inferior to his. And I don't know where he is now, but I hope he got saved. Imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every what? Thought. You see what we're dealing with? We're dealing, hey, by the way, when you vote this, this week, vote for somebody that would do something better than what's going on. Vote for somebody that you can find that loves God. Try to do that. Try to, try to find somebody that will bring this Bible back into society. Try to vote for somebody that doesn't want to go around killing babies. Vote for somebody that wants to make you free. And if you find somebody that wants to do that, vote for them. I have an, I have an illustration, or I have a, a couple of uh, uh, possibilities if you, if you would like that. And by the way, it's perfectly legal for me to say that. I know who I'm voting for. Listen, our country, our, our local government... And by the way, let me ask you this. What government are we supposed to follow? There's so many things that are coming out of everybody's mouth and everybody's authority. Oh, my goodness, we got a sheriff here. Praise God. He says, well, I've got, I, I can't enforce this law. And so I said, okay, that's good. I don't want you to enforce that law. <laughs> we got another sheriff in another county in another place. Well, bless God, we're going to keep preachers from preaching the Bible. Or we're going to keep, I don't know who to follow anymore. And by the way, I'm glad, I'm really glad that President uh, uh, Trump said churches are essential. Amen. Okay, so now I'm on his side, right? So he, to, to me, I, I, I've got to be a Christian. I've got to judge who am I going to obey? And even Paul said we ought to obey or Peter said we ought to obey God. Boy, you better put God first before. By the way, you can get pretty confused if you get too many orders, right? You know what my dad said? Too many cooks spoil the soup. Yeah, too many Indian chiefs out there. You can't have, you can't have too many chiefs and too many people telling you, you're going to be confused. You've got to go by the Bible. And I'll tell you, I thank God we have, there's evil people and they, are, they're, they're, they have thoughts. Now watch, it says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now where, who, who is our ultimate authority in life it's jesus christ i don't care what anybody says listen in the days of israel they had ahab didn't they well he was a troublemaker he did more to destroy israel than any anybody and uh poor naboth well he paid the price didn't he you know what naboth said 
I'm not selling you this, this property. Well, I'm the king. I don't care if you're the king or not. God said I'm not supposed to sell this property. Well, we're going to get witnesses against you. We're going to take it from you. And Jezebel did. Jezebel and Ahab, they took the... Jezebel was more of a man than, his, than her husband. <laughs> he won't sell me the property. <sighs> he put his face against the wall like a baby. And Jezebel said, I'll get it for you. <laughs> so she went out and killed Naboth. Now, should Naboth have done what the king said? Answer is no. God said, I'm, I'm giving you this property. This is your lot in life. This is your inheritance. It's not to be sold. So there's times when Christians have to stand up. Amen. So all I'm saying, you be the judge. You do it when you stand. But listen, we better start putting God first in every area of our life. Because we're wrestling against a lot of stuff. Let's look again at Ephesians chapter 6 for just a minute. We'll go back to Psalm 37. But, you know, the Christian is responsible to God before he's responsible to man. You see how we do that? We put God first and then man comes second. And we might have to, we might have to argue a little bit. But look at this now, verse number 11. It says in chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, let's find out what his wily coyote stuff is. He says, verse number 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And that goes along with our last verse where our, our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We're not in this as a physical fight. We're in it over uh, principalities. Look at it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities. You know what that is? Those are people that have power over you. We wrestle against powers. What is that? Authority. Power. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness. And look at verse, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what our, that's what our fight is. Our forefathers gave us this wonderful nation. You know why? Because they read the Bible. Now, let's go back to Psalm 37. And let's remember, we have a job to do as Christians. Our job is to fret not. Our job is to trust in the Lord. Look at verse number three. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I know that God's not dead. I know he's going to feed my family. I know he's going to feed me. Jesus told us already, don't worry about it. Look at those little birds. God feeds a bird. He can feed you. Look at, the, look at the lilies. They toil not, neither did they spin. And then they're, they're more pretty than all of Solomon. In all of his glory, these little lilies over here are prettier than everything Solomon did. That's saying a lot. God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. He's going to let us live in joy and peace and, 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 and harmony. He's going to let us have, if we'll just trust him, if we'll just do what God said. Now watch this. It says, Delight thyself, verse 4, also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Let me explain what this means. Now, how many understand that there's a lot of desires in your heart that are not godly? We have that old person, that old man, don't we? 
Then we have the influence from Satan. And then we have the influence actually from other people in the world that are not saved. It's not only devilish from Satan himself, but it's also through worldliness and media and worldly uh, uh, behavior and, and people that are unsaved. That It's constantly bombarding us. Now, these desires that are, are placed in your mind and placed in your heart also couple with the desires that are unholy that come up in yourself from yourself. We're, we have an old Adamic nature. Desires and thoughts and, and principality, all these things. Listen, if, if, you, if you're not guided by the Word of God, you can get off the rails. You can drift away as a Christian. You can drift. And we, we have an anchor for the soul. We have, uh, we have moorings. We have a rudder. We have, we have guidance. We have a, a GPS. <laughs> That's God positioning system. I don't know. I don't know. But we, we, have, we, have, we have guidance. Now, look at this. It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So, what this means is, is that you don't get to have everything your heart desires. You know what I want? I want a brand new sports car. I desire that. Extremely. I saw the date on the song we, we sang this morning. 1966. You just put it out there, folks. If I had my dream car, it's a 1966 T-Bird. Yeah, tilt steering wheel, 390. Beautiful. Mint condition. Yeah. They call it the million dollar ride. That's what they call Rack and pinion steering or independent front wheel suspension. Oh, I could go on. Just because I desire something doesn't mean nothing to God. He's, he's not telling you, delight yourself. I love you, Lord. Can I have anything I want? You know, we had a... We, we had a little kid on a bus. He was, we were handing out candy to him. And uh, I wasn't handing out something. One of our friends was, and he was a bus captain. And the kid said, he, he looked at his hands were full of candy. And he said, he said to the bus captain, he said, you pig. He said, I wanted all of the candy. He's sitting there with a bag of candy. The kid has his hands full. He said, I wanted all of it. Just because, just because you delight yourself in the Lord doesn't mean you get to have every single thing your heart desires. Can I correct the thinking on this verse? Delight thyself in, also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Does that sound like a blank check from God? It's not. You know what, you know what it really means is that he will give you what you, want, what you should want. He will put desire in you if you delight yourself in the Lord he'll put desire in you there there'll be a desire one day for you to do something that you might have never done for God you're going to desire to love people you're going to desire to serve God and you'll des- and by the way he can make you want something he can make you want something that he's got for you so I'm not, I'm, not completely, I'm not completely convinced that God doesn't want me to have that. 
the T-bird. But I've I, I reserved it just in case. Uh, just, just in case he wants me to have one. All right. So, no, I, I'm playing. Yeah, there was a preacher down in um, Jacksonville, Florida, and this church was just wealthy as can be. They didn't, ugh, just incredibly wealthy. First Baptist Church. And uh, Homer G. Lindsay, it came, it came time for um, his anniversary. Uh, and and that, I don't, I, please, I don't ever want this to ever happen. But they gave him a great big brand new Cadillac. And he was joking. While he was saying thank you, he was joking about it. And he said, um, my wife looked at it and she said, well, I'd like one, but I'd like mine to be baby blue. <laughs> she said, she was just joking. They did it. They did it. They bought her a baby blue Cadillac. See, that's, that, that's not what God's trying to say here in this verse. Amen? Now, you can't, you can't, but he will, he will make you want something. One day, one day, true story, I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning because we didn't have a building, we didn't have an office, we were renting the Seventh-day Adventist building, and we had just moved in. I had nothing. We had, no, we, didn't have, we had a little building fund, but it wasn't grown at all. And I just woke up one day, uh, it was like 5 in the morning, and I woke up. You know how God can wake you up sometimes when you just wake up. And you go, whoa, what's going on? This must be the Lord. And I had this thought that came over me in such strength, I couldn't get away from it. He said, you need to start looking for an office building, something that you could rent for an office. I said, okay, okay, I'll, I'm going to do that. So I started looking. That Wednesday night, I got the men together in the church and told them, I said, I got to tell you, something's on my heart. I can't get it off. We got to look for a building and we can have an office. And I said, we don't have any money. We only have a, like 150 bucks a month maybe. And they all laughed. We were laughing together. We thought it was crazy together. It was really dumb. Where are you going to get anything for 100 bucks or 150 a month? Guess what happened? God put that desire on my heart because that's exactly what happened right here at this building. We got this building for 150 a month for three years. Unbelievable. And when I told them, I think I found it. They, we got together and we were praising God. Well, look what happened. God can put a desire on your heart. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will guide your heart. He, he can turn your heart like a river of water. Look at verse 4. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Does that mean anything your heart desires you get? No. But does God put those on your heart at times? So maybe, maybe God would just put something on your heart and you begin to pray about it. Delight yourself in him. Oh my goodness. This world knows nothing of this. This, this world that we live in doesn't know much all, at all about the Lord. Human nature frets and worries and fumes and burns and, uh, and sometimes to the point of anger. Uh, especially if we don't get something, if we don't get something taken care of, it, it's hard to let go of it. Uh, we get bitter sometimes and at the point of hypocrisy and iniquity to where the, these, these people that, that sometimes um, guide us or sometimes uh, give us orders and sometimes rule us, well, it's really hard for a good Christian to, to put himself in a point where he doesn't get upset sometimes at the way things are going. Huh? Let me ask you this. Do you remember Daniel? What was Daniel's attitude in 
Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. Was it good? Did he have an excellent spirit? Did he pray? Did he worry? I don't think he worried. Did he fret? Was he bitter? Was he angry? Not at all. And yet God said, I'm going to take care of that man. Listen, uh, there's no good reason to be envious of workers of iniquity. I don't care what they do. There's nothing this world has that I want. Remember what happened to Hitler? He's gone. He got cut down by a spiritual weed whacker. I'm telling you, he's gone. Osama bin Laden is gone. Uh, Saddam Hussein, he's gone. Mussolini, they hung him. I think they hung him. He's gone. Just over and over. Idi Amin is gone. Noriega sits in jail, I think, unless he's dead. Just over and over and over, all these people, they're gone. And they're gone. And you know what's going to happen to evil people in our country? Our blessed America, the evil people that will not repent, they're going to be gone. I did a study one time of rock music musicians. Uh, I think they call it the 25 Club or something. 27 Club. You, you, remember, you remember in the 60s that wicked girl, Janis Joplin? She was a screamer. She was filled with heroin most of the time. She died at 27. I, I'm saying, listen, if people don't repent, if they don't get right with God, we have nothing we can do for them. They're going to be cut down like grass. That's what the Bible says. I don't rejoice in that. But the Bible says the wicked shall not live out half their days. Now, This psalm is to tell us not to worry about those people, not to worry, not to fret. It says in verse number five, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You know what the biggest word in the Bible is as outside of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know what the biggest word in life is? Either if or it. (laughs) Look what he says here. It says, and he shall bring it. To pass. What's he talking about? You know what that means? Everybody's got something you want to happen. Everybody has something in your life from time to time that you just hope happens. It says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. I don't know if the English language would allow us to identify what that it is in this psalm. I think God left it up to you. You commit your way to the Lord. What's the one thing you want God to do for you? He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. It will happen. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. Listen, if I... Okay, let let me ask you this. If I told Jack, you trust me. You jump off this pulpit and trust me, I'll catch you. We actually did this when he was smaller. We practice first. But what if I asked Jack to get up here on this pulpit and I stood down there and I said, now trust me, jump. You think he'd do it? I think he would, but I'm not going to make him. God has never dropped anybody. That's why you can trust him. He's never dropped anyone. 
Anytime you have jumped into the arms of the Lord, he has caught you and he has never, ever let you down. He's never dropped you. Every time you trust him, if there's one time anybody trusted the Lord and he dropped that person, Jesus Christ would not be God. He would not be. He has a perfect track record. All they that put their trust in him. Every, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as easily. They shall run and not be weary. They walk and not faint. It's a marvelous, marvelous God that we serve. How many of you are trusting him for this election? How about after the election? How about, how about in November? Are you trusting God for November? Are you trusting him when politics go away? Are you trusting him for everything? Trust and delight and commit yourself to God. Rest. Oh, my goodness. Look at verse 7. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass, cease from anger. Oh my goodness, I got so much I could be angry about. Cease from anger. Let's look at Isaiah 40 and we're going to finish today. Isaiah chapter number 40. This portion of scripture is by one of the prophets, one of the what we call major prophets in the Bible. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Those major prophets, they all had to trust the Lord. I hope you'd appreciate what he was going through. Isaiah, Isaiah was, he was the prophet that said, you better, you better stop right now and get back right with God or there's trouble coming. Jeremiah said, too late, it's coming. It's happening. Ezra, Nehemiah, they said, well, we got another chance. But Isaiah said, this is, this is serious business. But look what he said in verse number 25, and I want to finish with this portion of Scripture this morning. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. <clears throat> Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fit, fall. But here's the verse, the famous verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful portion of Scripture? He increases, he, he, he giveth power to the faint, them that have no might. You know what? I got no, I got nothing I can do. I can't change the world. How many want to see the world change a little bit? I got nothing I can do. I can pray. I can keep preaching. 
I can give the gospel out. I can love my wife, my family, my church. I can love my neighbor. I got nothing else I can do. I got to trust the Lord. How many of you ever felt a little powerless? You know what I feel like? I feel like a mouse. I really do. I feel like a tiny little mouse on top of an elephant. And the elephant goes across the jungle, reaches this big, huge bridge. Scary. It's one of them draw, the great big bridges, you know, the rope and the, the wood slats. I'm the mouse on top of the elephant. And the elephant steps on that bridge, and it's creaking and shaking. He goes all the way over to the other side of the canyon. And they get up on the other side. And I reach down and say to the elephant in his ear, after safety, I say, man, didn't we shake that bridge? We didn't shake it. I'm riding. I'm just, I'm just a tiny little Christian man in a huge country of evil and wickedness and terrible debauchery and iniquity and unrighteousness and evil thinking and high evil wickedness in high places. I, I probably won't be able to reach the president this week. He's busy. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to talk to the governor because he doesn't like preachers. I'm just, I'm stuck. Are you with me? I got no power, but I got God. And that's what God's trying to tell us in this psalm. Fret not. The wicked shall be no more. They're go he's going to be cut off. Let's bow for prayer.